Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Hello, and welcome to Love to See It with Emma and Claire, a podcast about throwing shade and whacking off. I'm sorry, Claire, bleeping off. There are some things you just cannot say on television. Have a little respect. I'm so sorry. Uh, That was my bad. Let's regroup. Uh, Today, uh, in fairness, we are going to be discussing the taboo, the edgy, the underbelly of the bright, shiny image we usually see on The Bachelorette as we get into the later stages of Katie Thurston's journey to find love. And we're joined today by a first-time guest, but someone whose other work we have so long admired, Aubrey Gordon, also known as your fat friend. She's the co-host of the wellness podcast Maintenance Phase and the author of What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat. Thanks so much for joining us, Aubrey. I'm so overjoyed to be here and to reveal myself as like a weird Bachelor super fan. (laughs) I'm like (laughs) just absolutely delighted to be here. Look, we love when those come out of the woodwork. It's really beneficial to us. uh, (laughs) And we are obsessed with your other work. So this is just like a really exciting moment for for us and for this show. We start strong, really. Yeah. Caitlin and Tasha are having a heart-to-heart with Katie, who's like, thank you, Tasha, for introducing me to your ex, Blake. He is so great. I don't know why you threw him away like garbage. Um, and then she's like, I also really like Greg and Michael A and Andrew. So like basically the front runners that we all can kind of glean. And then she's like, I'm going to take a hard left turn here. Have you noticed that my men are so hot and sexy? They're probably working out right now, getting swole for me. I feel like production was like, look, Katie, we're really bored. We just want an excuse to force Aaron into, like, a very tepid hot tub and have him, like, do a paradise intro. 
They were like, what a great idea. What if Katie just brings this up very naturally to Tasha and Caitlin, and they can all gab about it like gal pals do? I also just appreciate that they're like, you know, uh, because we're so sex positive starting six weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. We have to talk about masturbation in depth and specifically about not doing it and not ever calling it masturbation. <laughs> I was just like, well, oh, <laughs> Aubrey, you understand the most sex positive thing is to focus on masturbation without ever naming it. It's like Voldemort. <laughs> if if things are named, then they lose the erotic charge, right? Exactly. Yeah. The taboo. Thank you to the Bachelorette for helping us maintain the sexiness of of masturbation by never telling us what they're talking about. Um, Katie's basically like, I'm so turned on by these guys. And I, I hope that I'm also turning them on. But just in case I'm not, let's make that happen by preventing them from masturbating. She wants to ask all the guys to, quote, withhold their self-care as long as possible and, quote, no friendly handshakes with themselves. It's really like we're injecting some, like, dominatrix vibes into this. We're, yeah. do- we're we're injecting like, some, come some Gavin when I McGinnis. Say you come. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice crossover between the Proud Boys, Seinfeld, <laughs> and like the King community. <laughs> Men going their own way. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I think K- Katie seems genuinely into this, but I don't really understand what the expectation is so that the guys will receive this with like if like is she sitting there being like oh they're gonna be so turned on when I'm like you can't come until I say or is she just like personally enjoying flexing this power a little bit I, I was like why why what's going on here it felt like it tracked um with what I have observed Katie's type to be which is like total goobers <laughs> and this felt like a real goober move do you know what I mean like she seems to be approaching it as like like a party game or something where she's like this is gonna be fun right like icebreaker don't masturbate like what <laughs> I mean when I go to a corporate retreat I'm always like look guys I just have a neat icebreaker idea the whoa whoa challenge just putting it out there I want all of us to get very intimate it's just, it's just so, also, she never says that she's going to do it. I was like, Katie, are you participating in the WoWo challenge? Or, I mean, it did not seem so. I didn't yeah. get that sense. I was like, you got to put some skin in the game, you know, also, as it were. it would be too sex positive to talk about a woman masturbating. Right, yes, like, that well, would be don't. like too, no, we can't, we can't do that. <laughs> Like this, a bridge. Look, too far, Aubrey, everybody. we already know that Katie owned a vibrator once. What more do you want? <laughs> and held it up on TV. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Caitlin and Tasha are thrilled by this delighted. Idea. They're they're like this is brilliant. Caitlin immediately goes to tell the guys that she has a quote juicy secret for them, which is that. Uh, She's inviting them into Operation Whoa Whoa or Week Off Whack Off, I assume. Uh, it's bleeped. We don't know. Uh, but it sounds like they're saying Week Off Whack Off. The guys are all looking pretty horrified. Mike P is like, these guys are screwed. 
blinking. <laughs> I've been mastering this my whole life, which raises the question, has Mike P. ever masturbated? Is he I'm, not allowed to? I'm concerned for him. Does he have to wait until he's married? I have I not hope not. For I really hope not for the sake of himself. It felt like the weirdest flex to be like, <laughs> this is my time to shine. Yeah, like, what? He's like, no one is better at denying themselves pleasure than this guy. <laughs> and of course, that's exactly what Katie is looking for, is a guy who is capable of just happily living his life, not having sex for many, many years at a time. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting way to try to find that like super sexual person she's looking for. But it, Mike P's reaction did very much remind me of my days in Catholic school and the sin of onanism (laughs) and how deeply uh, wrong that is if you spill your seed upon the ground uh, (laughs) and it does not impregnate a good Catholic woman to whom you are married. I think we actually have a clip of all of the fun that Connor has with describing this challenge to the camera. Caitlin tells us that we have all been invited into this this pledge of uh, of no more onanation, as Mark Twain put it. No more downtown Lester Brown. No more low five. No more getting jiggy with it. No more letting your freak flag fly. No more Friday night lights, Saturday morning balloon races. No more feeding the wild stallion. No more how you like them apples. No more solo hockey, <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. I love that not one of those makes any sense. (laughs) It's zero. Like, balloon races? What? (laughs) Never heard that one. (laughs) I just find Connor to be so adorkable. I I can't help it. Oh, my God. He is exactly adorkable. Like, I haven't used that word in years, but... He is the Zoe, the Zooey Deschanel of uh, The Bachelorette. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, like... All of this was just like, I was like, this is all why he's so her type, or at least appeared to be. We'll get into that. Yeah. But like, I was like, this is exactly right. You're the guy who dressed up as a cat. You're a guy who has a bajillion euphemisms that don't make any sense. You're like (laughs) a young math teacher, but still somehow not the cool teacher. Like, you know, he's not the cool teacher. At his school, right? Like, he's like lovely. People, I'm sure people really like him. I'm sure his students adore him, but no one's like, what a cool guy. <laughs> like, I just, I just don't think that's part of that guy's life at all. Uh, yeah, it really, that was a moment where I was like, yes, Katie will be very into this. Like, the level that he is into this challenge and the level that she is into it is like the same. I which agree. Seemed very perfect at the time. Absolutely. And then I was wrong. <laughs> Uh, Caitlin asks if anyone uh, has might have a problem with this. Like, does anyone tend to run the shower extra long, as it were? And everyone points to Blake, which, like, really raises the question, how much is Blake noticeably masturbating in the shared spaces <laughs> that they all have the same answer? Also, I'm concerned for the environment. I thought he was a conservationist. Like, how much yeah. water is he using? Yeah, you should be able to do it with one square of toilet paper. You know, like, or do it into the soil, like, return it to the earth. There's got to be a a more sustainable way to whack off. I I do like that Blake seems to have integrated well, though. The the tension that we saw seems to have really dissipated. They're like, he's one of us. We can joke about his masturbation habits. Like, we're all good here. Also, truly wild that he's been there for one week, two weeks, and this is already the reputation that he has. (laughs) Like, yeah, immediately everyone's like, oh, new guy. Like, 
you're gonna have a hard time with this one, new guy. Like, that yeah, is they're impressive. like, our, our shower access dropped precipitously. This <laughs> <laughs> house is very noticeable. Totally. <laughs> um, so Caitlin also drops off a date card that says, Justin, I can picture a future with you. And this is when we get another beat in the is Hunter a villain plot. Hunter sort of turns to Greg after the date card is read and the group has dispersed. And he says, oh, I thought maybe you would get a second date. And Greg is like, oh, does that happen? I didn't know. I wasn't even thinking about that. Certainly, I wasn't thinking about that. And Hunter's like, yeah, it does. Not often, but sometimes with guys who get the first date card. And then he says, I think Katie has already picked her top four. And you, Connor, and I are in it. I absolutely was dying with laughter at this point. Like, it's always, like, incredible to hear from the guys who can accurately diagnose who the actual frontrunners are. And then they're like, and also me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, your perception has failed you in one respect here. I was delighted that someone was like stepping outside the show to do this kind of like gamesmanship, but like on camera being like, oh, we all know how this is going to (laughs) go. I know. And and then, of course, it's like he broke a cardinal rule, which is that, like, it is considered gauche to admit you have knowledge of the game of the show. Mm -hmm. You need to, like, have that knowledge, but you should, like, never admit to it. And this is where Hunter, you know, sort of screws himself. Yeah, it's the whole right reasons, like, discourse as well, yeah. right? Which is, which like, is bullshit, pe- of course, but... Right. People who are there for the quote-unquote wrong reasons are the people who understand that they're on television and that that can, <laughs> like, change their lives in some ways, right? Like, it's, it's very odd that there's this sort of, like, um, willful engagement with sort of the fantasy of the show and, like, desire to disregard that cameras are present and this is one of the most popular shows in the country. Like, what? Yeah, I think this is more of a thing on The Bachelorette, too, because I don't think that a lot of the guys do watch the show, whereas usually the women are pretty familiar with it. And so it is seen as suspicious when they have any knowledge of it, because it's like, why would you watch The Bachelorette unless you're a you man. Like, want to be on television, right? Yeah, you're a man. Like, you shouldn't have this knowledge. But now it's time for Justin's date. And before we dig into it, this is probably the right time to mention something we just learned about last night, which is that uh, some of his old tweets were resurfaced. And they are um, from about 10 years ago when he was a teenager, like 14 to 16. So a long time ago, and he was young, but some of them are pretty bad. They, you know, he uses some anti-gay slurs. There's some fat phobia. There's some comments about like dark-skinned Black women that are quite you know, colorist. He also went on Bachelor Happy Hour this week and apologized for them. I think he said, I have no issue with owning up and apologizing from the bottom of my heart for the really hurtful words that I used. And he said, you know, basically there's no excuse, but I've grown a lot since, since then. Um, It's always hard for me to know how to react when tweets from when someone was, was so young are brought up, especially when, it was a fair amount of time ago, but I'm I'm glad that he addressed it. I'm glad that. he addressed it. I think that's right. Like the that's just addressing that stuff head on if and when it surfaces is the way to deal with it. And I'm I'm glad to see that he did. And I would hope that um, you know, what we see from him now does not express like any of uh, any of the shitty views that he clearly 
held or bought into um, as a teenager. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a single teenage boy who does not have garbage politics, right? Like, in my in my time, I have not known a single teenage, like, person of any gender, honestly, whose politics are, like, fully baked and that they would defend and stand by in their, like, 20s and 30s. So it does also feel to me, like, totally glad that he's owning up to it, totally glad that he's apologizing for it, and also... Um, maybe not the most like earth shattering thing to be like, oh, a 15 year old was like bad to people on the internet. <laughs> like That feels yeah. like what the internet is for on some level. <laughs> like, whoops, sorry team. And I think part of the problem is that it does end up playing it, tapping into these very real issues with bachelor casting. For example, right. that they tend to often cast black men who don't date Black women. Rachel Lindsay wrote about that in her recent essay. So, like, it taps into some of these really real issues with the show, and um, that that makes it hard to kind of ignore. But it it was so long ago, and I, I hope he really has grown since then. And we should talk about his actual date. His date was the... I got... Uh, I started to get real grumpy during this date uh, for like a historical pattern of gripes that I have with the show, which is the I use- hate these dates. I, I hate them. them. Okay, so wait. First, I want you to tell me what you hate about these dates, and then I will totally tell you what I hate about these dates. I'm guessing we will have overlap. And we uh, should say up front that what hmm. the date turns out to be oh, yeah. is a wedding, wedding, fake wedding slash wedding photo shoot. I mean, first of all, this is essentially what they did with Tasha and Zach. So, like, we've literally just seen this. Also, it's a shitty date. Like, there, what are you? There's nothing elucidated in this. There's like a mm-hmm. weird thing of like, maybe I'll freak this man out by forcing him to go through the ritual of like heterosexual marriage, or like <laughs> I will scare him into like confessing some sort of real deep feeling. I don't know. It's not a date. It's weird. It's weird. I hate it. I need it to stop. Rob Mills um, publicly did commit on Twitter last night. He said, okay, okay, we hear you. A moratorium on <laughs> on wedding photo shoot day. <laughs> Aubrey, Aubrey, what do you hate about them? This season in particular has really shown the gaps between where the audience for the show is at and where the politics of the show itself are at. Mm -hmm. And this feels like some like 40 or 50 year old tropes about like men hate commitment. And they came on the show to about getting married and they're going to be surprised that like, you're going to discuss getting married at any point. Right. Where I'm like, well, no, like, This is sort of a central conceit of the show. I assume that they sort of knew that when they signed up for it, even if they don't watch it, right? I have a real specific beef um, with this show and its use of, like, very queenie gay men um, as Mm, nameless props for, like, it feels like something out of, like, an 80s or 90s rom-com where it's like, Mm. a gay man just pops up and is like, I just care about your happiness. Here's a quippy one-liner. Bye. You don't need to know my name. Right? Like, (laughs) I don't have a Franco, Franco, Bachelor Nation photographer. (laughs) Totally. So it's Franco. (laughs) Which I only know because he's been on the show like 15 times now. And eventually. Yeah, Yeah, he's clearly quarantined with them all the time, which is why we now like know his name. But yeah, he he does sort of pop in to serve this like queer man realness. Like, I'm just going to photograph you and I just want you to fall in love and I'm just here to serve you. Um, and yeah. it's especially 
a weird contrast on a sh- show that is like so virulently committed to like heterosexual partnership. Yeah. It's like right. this is what the role of a gay man is in the bachelor ecosystem in the bachelor worldview is like he can be there to like make your wedding day fabulous totally it's the um it's the like martin short wedding planner from father of the bride oh my god yeah it's like the birdcage kind of vibes it's like this very very like decades in the past kind of expectations of like gay men that get set sort of through this show when they decide to include gay people i will say i'm a queer person and I am never happier than when Bachelor Nation pretends like queer people don't exist. Because I'm like, this is a mess that I don't need to be part of. <laughs> That's fine. Go to town, team. You're like, please <laughs> exclude me from this narrative. <laughs> totally. That's fine. <laughs> Back at the house, meanwhile, trouble's a brewing. Hunter's top four list is spreading. The word is spreading. And James, Aaron, and Brendan, whose hair, by the way, is climbing higher and higher. It's very impressive. Every time I see him. It's so vertical. Uh, They're all like, something's wrong. Hunter is a super fan. He was on the Bachelor forums. I don't trust this guy. I was like, who also, who talks about forums anymore? I'm like, do they just mean Reddit? Guys, I was in this AOL chat room. Yeah, exactly. I (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) He's like, I posted it on my MySpace. You guys can be my close friends. Like, I... It's, he's like, I run a GeoCities forum <laughs> yeah. about The Bachelorette. I'm a mod. But the data is still going well. They read their vows to each other. I do want to read Katie's because I have thoughts. Katie says, Justin, I promise to love you every day. I promise to always chase you, to cherish you, to protect you from this moment on. You are the paint that colored my world. Our marriage is a canvas. So let's paint something beautiful. Two initial thoughts. The only thing she knows about Justin is that he paints. And yes. she uses the word paint twice in two sentences. Just a couple edits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Look, it, everyone needs an editor. Yeah. It also wouldn't be The Bachelor without like a, a mildly to severely tortured metaphor. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, it's never not going to be a little sweaty on The Bachelor <laughs> with the metaphors. Like well, I know, Justin I, seems blown away. He's like, you remember yes. that I paint. I do oh paint. My That's God. me, Justin. I'm the one who paints. He's like, this is so personal. Wow, we are married and ready. <laughs> I guess I'm just grateful that she didn't just say, like, our journey together has finally culminated with us not only falling in love, but being in love. Okay. So she does the vows and then they give themselves permission to kiss and they do their little wedding shoot. They smash the cake on the faces. And that brings us to the end of the day. Um, So at this point, the date card arrived and it is a group date. Blake, Andrew, Michael A., Greg, Aaron, Mike P., Brendan, James, Trey, Hunter. The queen is looking for her king. Love, Katie which means that Connor is getting the one-on-one. Connor has big, I can't remember his last name, Evan, who was on Bass. Bachelor in Evan Paris. Bass. Evan Bass, that's the one. He has kind of Evan Bass vibes, where mm-hmm. he's like, again, like little, like very sincere, little bit of a goober, <laughs> right? Um, kind of this like doofy dude, uh, and uh, it's not going to go great. And as I thought about it, I was like, oh my gosh, I think this season is like, 
no chads, all Evans. Or like at least that's who she tends to be sort of gravitating toward, right? I think that's why I'm enjoying this season. <laughs> it's a very like oops all Evans season. And I'm like, I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into that she's just like, oh, is there drama around this person? You're out. Like, yeah. oh, I don't I don't actually care. I want you to be like kind of doofy and like painfully sincere. She loves like a gentle, sweet guy who's a little doofy. But also we find that, like, there is a limit to how much deviation she wants to accept from, like, the bachelor masculinity mold. And, like, mm-hmm. she ultimately does, I think, seem to gravitate toward big himbo energy. Like, sweet and doofy, but also, like, huge and, like, big jaw. And, like, yes, I'm describing Blake, but, like, she really <laughs> yeah. is into Blake, just <laughs> yeah, by the way. sure is. But, so, meanwhile, uh, Katie and Justin do have a dinner date She is in a sequined blazer dress that our producer, Harry, points out is making a lot of noise on the mic. My air conditioner is loud, so I usually can't hear these kind of things. But she uh, then takes this opportunity at dinner to talk some more about her father, or as it turns out, father's. Um, She says, you know, it was tough to walk down the aisle knowing that my dad has passed away and won't be able to walk me down the aisle or give his blessing. And also, he's not my biological father. My mom kept this a secret from me, but I recently learned that my biological father is someone else and that he's alive and he wants a relationship with me, but I don't know how to do that because I'm also mourning my father's death. The Bachelor does this thing where sometimes they'll just sort of like drop traumas in for the purpose of audience bonding without Mm -hmm. any, like, real space for dialogue or without it feeling like this would have come up naturally. And that's what it sort of felt like here. And I I don't know. I was just like, I really hope that this was something Katie had, like, come in knowing she wanted to talk about. Yeah. I All of my notes about this are in all caps. And (laughs) I I suspect that the total is, like, 72 question marks. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? Why is this not like a six-part Netflix documentary series? If we're doing this, let's like do this, right? Um, But yeah, it it was one of those moments, and there are so many of these in Bachelor World where it's sort of like, oh, I hope you were in control of saying this, and I strongly suspect you weren't, and I wish that were different. She's talked about her father passing away before in in very intimate settings with guys that she is really into and it hasn't seemingly come up. So the Mm. fact that it's now like dropped in this prime, like give us some trauma for TV sizzle moment, which is like the dinner date of, of a one-on-one, like it just feels a little hanky. Like, why is this happening now? Yeah. Um, But I, you know, I hope that she wanted to talk about it and she wanted to talk about it with Justin He reacts very sweetly. I don't think that they have quite the chemistry and, like, ease with each other that she has with a couple of the other guys, but it seems like it's going well. She offers him the rose. And then they go to a private concert with Max. (laughs) And And Justin kisses her tenderly on the neck, which really seals the deal for him. He is now sort of moved into that, like, front-runner group of men, although I would agree that he's kind of, like, towards the back of that cluster. I always appreciate the musical performances on this show because 
Uh, it is an indicator to me of like how completely disconnected I am from every other sort of aspect of culture that people who are on this show are connected to, <laughs> where they're like, oh my God, it's Max. And I'm like, I've You're never like, heard of this person okay. before. I will never hear of them again. That's a thing about me, not about This guy them. apparently literally asked to be on the show because oh. he had never seen an episode of the show in quarantine. He binged 23 seasons and then just like, sent his demo to production and they were like sure i was like i yeah. kind of love that I Katie was like that. this is very sincere and now i'm into you and you're on the show yeah, Max. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> so they have this nice this nice little interlude and that brings their date to an end and it's time for the group date the guys are all meeting her on a dusty road but they are all in their formal wear best and uh, Katie is dropping a lot of hints about, you know, I'm the queen. This is my castle. At the end of this, there's only room for one king. I want to say that in my notes, I never once wrote wrote king. Wherever she said king, I just also wrote queen. So I was just like <laughs> unintentionally, you know, sort of queering the bachelorette here. Um, I was like, I don't recognize kings on this show. But there's only room for one king. So Brendan's like, maybe it's something medieval. Like, you never know. But no, it's not medieval. It's drag queens. The guys' reactions to this, there are a couple reactions that I thought were amusingly contrasted. Michael's like, two beautiful drag queens come out. If it's drag day, I'm going all the way. Like, you can tell Michael's like, I'm ready to do drag for Katie. I love Michael so much. (laughs) Michael is built for paradise, I feel. Like, he just feels like he would be such a winner where you're like, that guy deserves a second shot. Here's his chance yeah. to get it, right? Like he just feels and then he would, like, like he's settle primed. down with a nice girl, and they would be the mom and dad of paradise. A, vi- a very Evan and Carly vibe. Until yeah, recently, I, right? I would like, love that for him. Totally. My, I will say, my favorite reaction to this, and Claire, let me know if I'm stealing your thunder, is Blake. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Blake says, <laughs> oh "Here's what God. I had written down. I, I might have." beef this quote a little bit, but he says essentially like, I've never met drag queens. I've never been to a drag show. So I didn't know if I should be checking them out or not. That is exactly and, yes, what, that is he what he said. <laughs> and I want an hour now of Blake explaining in his own words. I just want the producers to be like, stop right there. Tell me what you think happens at a drag show. What do you, th- who do you think goes? What do you think the purpose of it is? Like, just tell me in your own words. Cause we would get a wild ride. <laughs> the two possibilities are everyone checks out the drag Queens or, or no one they does. don't. Those are the two things. <laughs> I mean, I think it's very, it's, like, almost a, a telling comment about how we've used, like, just femininity. It's, like, it's there to be, it's there to be ogled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, is it still okay to do that if it's drag? Or is it or mandatory? Or should I not? Or yeah. <laughs> is it actually mandatory to check them out? I was, or like, oh, Blake, honey, we need to transfer you to a different show. You need some education. Like, I'll... He's good at reading books. We should send him some reading materials. Like, totally. <laughs> Somebody needs to take Blake to like a screening of Paris is Burning and just get oh some my like God, baseline yes. education going. <laughs> I have a, like a cultural education for him. Yeah, yeah we can we'll send have him a, a syllabus. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so the the drag queens are uh, Shea Coulee and Monet Exchange, and Katie says. 
some shade will be thrown because nobody can find a fake like a drag queen. Also watching Katie, bless her heart, trying to do all of the like spilling tea and like throwing shade like lingo was like very uncomfortable for me. I was like, you're very white and straight. And it's, it's real wild. It's this thing. Like, so listen, I I will say before I start on this um, particular topic, like this ship has sailed. Drag culture has been mined to death by like straight people and particularly straight white people who just fundamentally don't actually have any sort of grounding in drag culture or know what it means to throw shade, which is not actually just directly insulting people to their faces, right? Who don't actually know, right? Like there's like this whole sort of cultural history that is sort of born of black and Latino uh, queer communities that has already been completely like roto tilled <laughs> by straight white culture at this point. Um, and also it, it feels very telling once again, the bachelor is doing it and they're like, look how cheeky. And I'm like, again, <laughs> I feel like this really sort of rose to prominence in a mainstream way, like five to 10 years ago. Well, that's the exact timeline culturally that the bachelor franchise is on. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's generous, right. really. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's like when a neighborhood has like already been gentrified and then they're like round three of gentrification there's an apple store here now and you're like that's the bachelor yeah it reminds me of when i get into a new fashion item and i'm like this is so i'm so up to date i wonder if it's been like written about anywhere and i google and find articles from like four years ago that are like visors the new summer trend (laughs) i'm like oh i'm actually four years late and i thought that i was really (laughs) ahead of the curve that's the bachelor um the guys cannot do even direct roasting of each other they go like prepare some material they come back i mean there is a reason that katie literally has to say to the camera it's like a roast like a comedy show because nothing about what these men do signals comedy in any way she's so far (laughs) from like explaining like even what drag shows would be that she's literally like if you've ever seen a roast what a point of reference for this team like hey guys remember dean martin at the <laughs> friars club like what <laughs> no they don't they don't <laughs> they, they don't. don't um and so they they get started on their their attempt to roast each other i was really devastated that they did not have to do any drag and maybe that was the first place that things went wrong I agree. Are just in their suits on stage. Um, I mean, it's just a a criminal underutilization of Shea Coulee and Monet Exchange. I'm like, really? You made them witness like Greg's poetry. Oh, God. I just wrote in my notes, I have a bullet that says Greg colon quote, I wrote a poem. And then in all caps, no, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) You missed the assignment, Greg. That was not the assignment, Greg. No one asked for a poem, Greg. (laughs) That's like every other day on this show. Today is not the day for poems. I mean, James goes first and he's like, I have a great roast. Just so you know, Katie, I have an amazingly big heart and life would be an adventure with me. He's like that. And then he looks at them. He's like, that was, I did it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sick burn. Yeah, it's subtle, (laughs) but you know, you get it. Like these guys suck. I will say in their little like prep segment 
They cut to Trey, who, by the way, Trey got a stellar edit on this episode. I was just like, he did. I love Trey. Like, Connor gets the one on one date, and Trey's like, I'm so happy for Connor. Like, I'm disappointed, <laughs> but I'm so happy for Connor. What a great guy. And then they cut to him sort of during this date talking about uh, what he wants to say about Hunter. And he says, if you combine a squirrel and an angry beaver, Hunter is what you get. And it's not a well-constructed joke. It's not, there's a lot of things that are missing from it. But what I loved about it is that I was like, oh, Trey's been thinking about this. Like, <laughs> Trey, Trey was at least trying to understand the assignment. Totally. You know, like, Which, and then we see none of this show up in the debate. So my no. question is, did he get all his lines cut or did he chicken out and and not want to say any of the mean shit? Because it's like, here's James up here being like, my roast is that I'm an amazing person. <laughs> and Greg literally reads a poem that's like, what we have is real. And Trey's like, oh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I won't say the thing about how Hunter's a gremlin. I don't know, because the queens seem very disappointed by how serious and sincere all of their speeches are. They keep being like, we need more. Like, we need some tea. Like, what's going on? Uh, New tactic. Who here is least compatible with Katie? And finally, Brendan is like, "Uh, Hunter? Uh, I think Hunter is. Uh, Just going to say, it's cute that he has a top four list. Uh, It's funny because he's in my bottom four. Sick burn, Brendan. (laughs) He should have hit that harder. That wouldn't have been so bad if he hit it harder. And then all the guys start being like, yeah, we heard about the top four list that Hunter has, too. And so then the queens ask Hunter, do you think you're number one for Katie? And he says, yes, I do. They ask how he's feeling about her. And he says he's falling in love with her. Absolutely. This is when Trey has, I think, one of his lower moments in the episode, Mm. which is that he decides to interrupt and say, when we were getting ready, I heard him getting asked this question and the answer was different. And Hunter says, it was a different question. And Trey's like, no, I was there. I heard it. I want to say, Hunter is right. It was a different question. It was. They asked if he was in love. And he said no. And as any Bachelor viewer knows, and maybe Trey didn't do his research, falling in love and being in love, so different. It's like night and day. Yeah. Well, and falling for someone comes before falling in love with them. Exactly. We all know that there is a clear progression. And Hunter has just name-checked one stage in this journey, not the final destination. Yeah. I'm not not a big Hunter defender. I think he's, like, doing just fine in his sort of, like, casual villainess, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also, like, he 100% was like, I'm like, no, 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 this is abiding by the rules of Bachelor where you go like, I'm falling for you. I'm falling in love with you. I am falling in love with you. Then has to be emphasized for some reason. <laughs> and then like, I'm in love with you. Exactly. And then, like, you know, Aubrey. Yeah. <laughs> you like, oh, you got love, it down. I love how right you are about the I am falling in love with you thing because what it is is a tacit admission that before you were not. Yeah, it's totally. Like, but now I am like actually this time. Yeah, and or it's as if someone's arguing with you, like some <laughs> unseen off-screen person is like, the no, haters. you're not. And you're like, no, I am. Like, I am. Okay. <laughs> um, so t- Hunter is like, I've been honest. Everyone can vouch for me or people can. And they're like, who? And Mike P and Andrew sort of are like, yeah, Hunter's an honest guy. Um, but no one else raises their hand. 
Monet asks, who's the biggest tryhard? Everyone's like, Hunter. And Aaron says, Hunter is a leprechaun. <laughs> he may have a heart of gold, but he can't add it to his pot. So I think some of them are bringing out their terrible lines now, now that yeah. the ball is rolling. But they're, they're just like, really now bad. that everyone's being mean to Hunter, I can also make a joke about his height. Cause I guess that's, that's all they have. I, yeah. The well, height also, and the tattoos. The way he phrased that one was like, we all know you're a leprechaun. Like, we've all been talking. <laughs> and you are clearly, like, a mythical creature of some kind. What? Stop trying to hide that you're a leprechaun, man. Everyone knows. My That's other favorite thing about this is, like, during their little debrief with Katie and the two queens, one of the queens is like, Katie says, I was, like, really surprised that everybody seems to have a problem with Hunter. And one of the queens says, yeah, but it's all hearsay. And I was like, oh, are we in a court of law about, like, bachelorette? <laughs> yeah dude drama now like this is the greatest degree of like gravitas that has been brought to like, like any of those sorts of conversations innocent until proven guilty okay That's right. katie do that the law in this yeah. point <laughs> yeah they do cue up hunter to respond i think we should say to all of the assaults on his character and he's like i don't have any insults for you guys and then he turns to katie and is basically like when I find the woman I want to spend my life with, I'll never take it for granted. And I think that woman is you. And Hunter's like, oh, he wanted to be the bigger man, but I think it's phony. Um, I do not know if it's phony, but I do definitely know that he, again, did not understand the assignment, not enough shade throwing, not even enough insults mm. in this segment, not enough drag, highly disappointed. Do better, do Bachelor. Better. And on that note, I think we should take a quick break. Can you keep up? Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, 
something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And now we're back, just in time for Connor's date card to arrive. Let's let our love shine bright. Love, Katie. Oh, everything's looking up for Connor. What could possibly go wrong? Um, but first, we have a, a night portion, an after party for the, the drag debate. And Katie has this bee in her bonnet now about Hunter. I hope it doesn't ruin the evening. And James is the one who begins to cast a pall over the evening by telling her that Hunter is maybe similar to Thomas, calculated, things he's saying aren't consistent and then more and more guys are coming to her with with similar comments trey uh again brings up the conflicting comments uh about falling in love with her and he says he thinks that was calculated to advance his relationship and katie's like okay now i have like 
now I have like a plurality of guys coming to me with these concerns. Like how many accusations can I ignore? Have we passed that threshold? And so I have to ask Hunter about it. She's like, the union is organizing again. (laughs) They have found a new target. Uh, I just will say that the numbers of the unit are really dwindling, and I'm not sure this is how unions are supposed to work. (laughs) Just throwing people out of the the unit constantly. I was going to say, like, I feel like uh, unions not usually about voting out their own members. (laughs) But wouldn't it be more fun? It would be a lot more fun if they were. Keep things spicy. Yeah, unions meet survivor. (laughs) And so she sits down with Hunter and she's clearly just so exhausted at this point. She has two attempts at having a conversation with Hunter this episode where she like, quote unquote, figures out what's going on, where she doesn't even know what to ask. And she doesn't know how to respond to what he says because she has no real basis to make an evidentiary based decision. And so she just sits down and is like, I heard this stuff that really sucks for me. I don't like to hear it. And he's like, yeah, I don't like that either. I don't think it's true. I'm sorry. She's like, well, I don't know. And then she goes and throws up. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where she's at with all of the all of the detective work she's been asked to do. It's really interesting. She sort of set the table in this way that's very, for herself, that is very different than past Bachelor leads, which is like, I want you to tell me about drama. And yes. then sort of sets this precedent for herself that she will sort of functionally that she will kick off people who are at the center of a bunch of drama, um, which is a very different approach that, like, I'm struggling to remember any other seasons where that has been, like, so intentionally and sort of clearly laid out by a lead. It hasn't, and I think that, like, this season is evidence of, like, why that's not necessarily the best tactic. Because then, like, every time... The the men just continuously are like, well, we need to spend our time reporting on these other dudes that we don't like and getting them kicked out. And it's like, it's just taking up, it's sucking all the air out of the room. And I think that we see here that she's like, okay, we're past the drama half of my season. I'm ready to get into the love portion. And like, I'm fucking tired of this, but she's Mm. asked them to do it. So she has to sort of go through the whole motions of it. And so she's made so ill by this that she decides to call the night. Not all the guys got time. No one gets a rose. And she says, quote, tonight was a mix of emotions. And the guys are like, this is devastating seeing our girl like this. Hope she feels better. To which all I can say is stop going to her and being like that one guy said something that vaguely might be a little bit concerning Devote your time to addressing this now instead of making out with Blake. That's not going to help her feel better, okay? Yeah, it's probably like 5 a.m. And she's like, I don't want to fucking talk about Hunter anymore. I'm so tired. I guess I need, my body needs to like physically end this date for me. I think there's this like, I I would imagine like a, a, a sort of immense buildup of just like nervous energy all the time from being on camera all the time and not knowing how you're going to be edited and not really mm-hmm. knowing how to navigate these situations with a bunch of people who you've truly just met. That to me read like it was less about Hunter and more about this just like buildup of like nonsense of sort of having oh, to yeah. all she's of this all the time. Oh yeah, she's just fucking exhased. Yeah. And like she's it been just drinking needed just, like, to straight end. whiskey and tequila and stressing for like 3 weeks. Yeah. Um so she hopefully gets a little bit of time to rest uh before her next date which is with Connor B. He is 
dressed for the day in bright pink shorts and a navy polo with some piping around the collar. Polos, I have to say, do keep him from showing off his usual amount of chest, and maybe that's why he wasn't at his full powers. Luckily, Katie is there, though, to meet the challenge. She's like, Connor has only a couple of buttons unbuttoned, so I'm going to show up in an outfit with all the buttons unbuttoned. (laughs) It's about balance. Yes, Katie meets him in a bikini and denim shorts and a open cardigan. And she's like, I remember seeing Connor in that cat suit night one and thinking he was the one. This is the least bachelorette-like thing that it's so profoundly different from how any other bachelorette in the past would have received this. And that's what makes Katie so special. But shocking, shocking news, they're missing the physical connection when they kiss. She doesn't feel the spark. And this is their last chance date to get that spark going. So naturally what she did is she arranged a double date with her two buddies to serve as a buffer between her and the guy she doesn't really want to kiss. (laughs) Also, someone pointed out that Katie got sent home by Matt after being on a date with his friend. Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) Probably for a similar reason. Yeah. So she's on a date with uh, Caitlin and Caitlin's fiance, Jason Tardick. I did enjoy seeing Jason back on my screen. I was like, that guy, I always liked him. I had a similar reaction. I was just like, what an affable guy. And he was just like, Connor seems great. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they get married. I saw him tweeting and he was like, Connor, we got to grab drinks in Nashville. Let's hang out. (laughs) Oh, sweet Jason. He made a friend. I have to imagine that's like, uh, I, I don't follow Jason on Twitter. Um, I feel like maybe I should, but I imagine him doing that a fair amount on Twitter, being like, I don't make social plans on Twitter. Like, he just seems like that kind of guy where he's like, let's hang out. We never hang out anymore. Like, great. That's so true. Just like a big yellow lab of a guy. Like, yes. hey, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jason. Um and Caitlin says, you know, maybe I can help with this because Jason and I had a friendship bond first before we fell in love and we have a really good relationship. And Katie, you know, also needs to find that spark with a guy who she has more of a friendship vibe with. Um, and I'm like, Caitlin, this is is this how you fell in love with Jason that you just like hung out with him around a couple friends so that he would not get too close to you? And then at the end, you did one kiss. <laughs> to see if it was there. I doubt it. But in the meantime, they're going to have like a little cookout field day. They're playing beach volleyball and some other games. There's Jason and Connor grill together while Caitlin and Katie make margaritas. And Connor shows off his dad jokes for them. Uh, they ask him to make a joke about sushi. And he says, I could, but it would be a little fishy. It's like you get that from a joke book. And once again, Jason is like, that was so quick. That was a good one. <laughs> Jason is so a great, positive. great hype man. He's so fantastic. I just was like, I just would, I would love it if they brought Jason back again this season. Cause I was like, this is such lovely. <laughs> I know. Well, well, now energy. that we know, now that we know Caitlin and Tasha are hosting Michelle's season, I really do hope that Jason makes an appearance during her season as well, because Absolutely. more Jason, please. They're all building up through this to the last chance smooch. Uh, Katie's like, I'm going to kiss him one more time just to see if it's there. 
Poor Connor has no idea. He's like, this is going great. Going great. She wanted he me has to no idea he's about to be tested. Like, that's a lot of pressure on one kiss. Yeah. And he's like so chill. He's like playing t- volleyball terribly. He's calling her babe as he prepares her hot dog. Like, he's like, I'm the boyfriend. Like, this is great. And so they sit down on a bench to catch up. And Jason and Caitlin are watching from afar. This gives the whole thing sort of like an antic comedy vibe that I don't think would be there if they had had real spawn they were about to make out. Um, like the whole setup is very like humorous and not sexy. And so Connor asks, what will we be doing tonight? And Katie says, it's all to be determined, really. Which is like incredibly foreboding. He really takes it in stride. But like, how do you not hear like there might not be one? Yeah, he, t- he has a very Jason response to that, which is like, sounds good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great. Like, oh, sweetie. Maybe He's like, not. so you want to pick the restaurant? That's cool. Like, just tell me where to show up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm flexible. I'm cool. And he's like, you make me so comfortable. All my insecurities and doubts just vanish around you. And Katie's clearly just thinking like, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If this kiss isn't perfect, you're gone in 15 minutes. And so finally they kiss. And we cut to commercial break. Did Katie get what she needed? No, definitely We know it's not going to go well. If you have Uh, that, they've kissed a lot. If you have that many kisses with a guy... The odds that, like, just the next one is suddenly going to be completely different and better than the previous ones is unlikely. Like, I'm not really seeing it happen. Right. Connor is just, like, the guy that Katie's like, I should be into him. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy him. But, like, I don't really want him to touch me that much. And that's a prerequisite for a long-term relationship that is sexual. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. So that night, we see Connor just, like, getting ready, and he's so excited. Again, they love to do this, like, overemphasis um, on the positivity of the person about to be brutally dumped. And Katie is just, like, in a hoodie and jeans. Crying. Crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is not going to go well. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. Like, before it even started, you were like, this is going to be like, a tough oh, one. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, there's no stopping us. We're perfect. And then, you know, the knock comes on the door. Uh, Katie has come to see him. And he opens the door. She's in her sweatshirt. And he's got to know at exactly that moment that there he is knows. To, that he's yeah. going home. And so he invites her in. She keeps apologizing. She's teary. She's hugging him. They sit down and she says, you know, the more I learn about you, the more I realize how great of a man you are. The song you wrote meant the world to me. And then she sort of breaks down and says, I can't even look at you right now. And this is when Connor says, it's okay. I know where this is going. (sighs) It's okay. Breathe. And I started weeping because I was like, that is just such a kind thing to do in this moment. Like, you have no obligation to be generous when someone is breaking up with you. Like, that's a very painful experience to be on the receiving end of. And I was just like, Jesus, Connor is such a, like, thoughtful guy. Like, what a fucking mensch, even in that moment. And Katie later says this, like, he really is like, okay, we're going to get through this together. Like, this is a shitty thing we're going to walk through together. And you just need to get through it. So, like, 
I'm going to be okay. Like, he reassures her. It felt like this is a situation Connor has been in before. I said that that to Claire last night. I was like, that's a heartbreaker. I also think, like, I had sort of a mixed response to him comforting her. Both it was very generous and also, like... I think had the had this been a season on The Bachelor instead of The Bachelorette, and that were happen and that was happening, I think folks would have a very strong negative response, right? That, that is this sort of like role reversal thing happening, where like the person who's doing the dumping on national television is getting comforted feels oh, yeah. like yeah. feels like it's both lovely of him and I thought it like, was lovely of him. Yeah, I was a little bothered that. Katie, I think, often frames things in this way and allows herself to be the comforted one, even Mm -hmm. when she is dumping, that she will say, like, this is very hard for me. Like, it's hard for me because I really liked you. And obviously, I think, you know, the dynamic reads differently when it's a woman uh, because I think Mm -hmm. we are so used to men's feelings being totally centered. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I'm like, Katie, you are dumping him and then you're going to go date the guys you like kissing more can you not start every sentence with, it's hard for me? And that was rough. Yeah, I agree. I felt that this, it it sort of bothered me. Like, I was, like, in awe of Connor just in the way of, like, I have never acted so generously when I've been broken up with. But also, like, if there's any moment for Connor's feelings to be centered, it should be this one. And, like, yeah, I don't know. I was glad to see that he ultimately got some of that comforting from the other men because he did not really get that from Katie. This is back to the like, oops, all Evans season, right? Where like all the dudes are like, what Connor? And they like (laughs) have this like incredible sort of bonding moment thing happen that I don't know. He goes back. He goes back to the the main house, which like they usually wouldn't get to do Mm -hmm. um, when they're sent home on a one-on-one, but he goes back and he's all teary and the guys just look absolutely fucking stricken when he says he's going home. And of course, Connor is like, like Michael A. gives him like a tender kiss on the cheek. They're all- The second tenderest uh, kiss of the entire episode. (laughs) They're all (laughs) hugging. Like Trey starts just openly weeping. Aaron says, Connor, I want to be more like you. Like it is a really beautiful moment. Connor, as he's leaving, is like, there's- no one better for Katie than all of you. Like, you guys are such good dudes. Like, it... God, I just... I'm such a sucker. I'm such a sucker it's, for friendship. Yeah. And I I also want to talk about something that Katie said to Connor during the breakup that we, that we haven't said yet, which is... Oh, yeah. She's like, you're so great. I thought it was you at the beginning. I wanted to feel like I could walk away from this with you. But when we kiss, there's something missing. I was so torn about this. Like, I, the mm-hmm. honesty, I think, is there's something healthy and admirable about it. But I think that is, like, that would be so hard to metabolize. And Connor, in his In the oh, Moment, yeah. references the two really painful parts of this, which are, it's so heartbreaking to start off that strong and then to kind of lose it. Like, how did you perform so badly, right? That you lost her attraction to you. And also he says, God, how bad a kisser am I? Connor. Connor. I was like, Katie, why, like, some maybe honesty isn't the best policy. Like, all he's going to be thinking about, he's going to have a complex about his kissing now. 
that poor guy. And it's probably just your chemistry. And I I think she knows that. But, like, how could he not internalize that as, like, I suck at kissing? I could just assume and hope for him that his inbox is just flooded with DMs from eligible ladies wanting to see him in a cat suit. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think the other thing that I sort of, like, thought about while I was watching this is, like, part of The Bachelor is this kind of, like, post-mortem thing that we're doing of, like, here are all the moving parts and here's how it all happened. And I absolutely had this moment last night where, like, I totally had a breakup that was, like, not dissimilar from this at one point. And I'm like, man, oh, man, I sure am glad that was not recorded and televised, right? Like, yes. <laughs> so I'm just oh like, my God. I'm both, like, uh, you know, sort of pulling this apart as, like, media representation, right? And what sort of what messages it's sending. And also, like, there but for the grace of God go on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there is not a single breakup that I've had that I'm like, yeah, 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 no, put that one on TV. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> I think maybe great. the one yeah. where I was like, I'm not leaving this dorm room until you discuss this with me for three more hours. That one I definitely want to be televised. That there was, you go. That Good. was a real proud moment for me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the, the last few bits of the episode. Can you keep up? I like Springtime vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out. You won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan, and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather 
Ooh. front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Here we are back in her suite. Katie is crying. Connor checked off all her boxes except for this one thing. That they can't control. Except for the most important box. <laughs> the if most you important will. box. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of of boxes of all varieties, what's that sound outside her window? Is it oh music? Is it a boombox being held up by Blake playing their special song "Memorize You" by <laughs> Lane Hardy? <laughs> Poor Blake was like, I have a song in mind for this. And they were like, you're going to play Memorize You by Blaine Hardy, by Lane Hardy. And that's simply the, the final word on the matter. They're like, this is the only song that we actually have the rights to. So if you could just replay that Lane Hardy song, that would be great. I definitely went into like production mode and I was like, okay, so there's like a more than 20% chance that Blake is just holding up a boombox and nothing is playing and they're <laughs> editing it in later. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then Katie has to be like, what's that sound? What's that? <laughs> is that Blake? Hark, what do I hear? Right? Like, it was like very funny to me. Too. Part of me was like, I wonder if they played a different song and then they were like, we have to change it to Lane Hardy, but that might be yeah. overthinking it. So they, she invites him up. They meet in the hallway. He immediately just, like, pins her against the wall and starts making out with her. And he's like, I wanted to cheer you up. Like, I heard what Connor said um, about how you were in your sweats and crying. And all I wanted to do is, like, be able to turn your mood around. And, and that's what I did. And I'm so pleased about it. And uh, Katie's into it. She's like, he's so romantic. She's like, I'm in trouble. Can we talk about the fact that um, she, like, apologizes for not looking cuter? And Blake is like, you look great. I like raw. He's like, like, I told you I like it raw. Like, what? <laughs> I bet you did, Blake. I'm like, is that how we would describe raw a woman in casual woman. wear? <laughs> like, That's right, that Blake. woman is so raw. I've been to Africa and I like raw women. Like, what are you doing, Blake? What is any of this? Uh, and, uh, you know, most of the night there's just uh, there's just more making out. It actually felt like weirdly very intimate, like passionately making out. And meanwhile, kind of murmuring things to each other, like in the tone of like dirty talk, like during foreplay. And they're saying things like, it was smart of you to come get more time with me. And and like you came and like made this happen. And then he's like, yeah, I did. But they're like, yeah, I did. I did do that. I did do that. Let me devour your mouth again. I was like, I don't feel like I should be watching this. This is like, this there, is about there to go was sort of else. that, that like grossness that you only really get when you are first dating someone mm -hmm. and you're genuinely really into them. And it's like, it doesn't play well on television, but watching it, I was like, oh, she's just like really, really fucking into this guy. And this made me feel like Blake is, is just 
really performing the best out of anyone there at this point. Like, even better than than Greg. But I, I was saying to you, Claire, like, last night, like, this is the one place where um, Blake's sort of, like, intense overconfidence in a relationship is warranted and, like, really works. Because he tried it with Claire and Tasha, and, like, it did not work. But with Katie, it's there. And Blake says, you know, I feel like Katie's going to be my fiancé. And then there's an incredibly Frankenbitten quote pieced together from, like, a patchwork <laughs> quilt. With Katie, I'm not going to hold back in any way. I feel like I'm in my own love story. Now I'm just ready to enjoy my happy ending. And intercut with Blake, like, going to his room, putting up the Do Not Disturb sign, and then a sprinkler popping up on the lawn. What do you think is going on here? It's The subtext is very... It's subtle. Subtle. They didn't have footage of, like, a train going into a tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, wow, team. Okay. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) You know, look, when they, they just really commit to a bit, and I appreciate that about the editors. They were like, we got this one. Yeah, this is, in fact, the whoa challenge week. <laughs> Let's yeah. get that sprinkler in there. And Blake just lost, if he hadn't already. So uh, the next night, uh, Katie's all dressed up for the cocktail party, but she's, like, impatient. She wants the night to be over. She's ready to move ahead and get all, like, the dicking around done with, basically. And meanwhile, a lot of the guys are like, we're finally going to get time to, like, progress our relationship with Katie uh, there's not going to be a cocktail party. It's pretty pretty clear um, from, from the beginning of this scene. But Katie comes in herself to tell them that. Um, she's like, thanks for being here. Uh, it's been a tough week. Time isn't going to make any difference anymore because I have some strong relationships already. And so I know what I want to do. The cocktail party is canceled. And the men all start either freaking out or being like, I'm one of the strong relationships. Like, Greg is like, well, what can you do? She knows what she wants. And Trey is like, I need that time, man. I need it. I don't know what she's going to do if she doesn't get that time with me. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know what the situation is. When they unveil the roses on the platter, there are only six. Four people are going home. I mean, five eliminations in one episode. That's a lot at this point. it's, It's a bachelor bloodbath. Yeah. yeah, it's the there's always like a turning point episode, which is for me the point at which I really start committing the full cast's names to memory. Exactly. Right? Like, this is the point at which all the people whose names I have not yet fully that like that I have to remind myself about, like all of those folks get eliminated. And now it's like, okay, horse yeah. except, for Brendan, except for Brendan, uh, except which for defies Brendan. reason. Yes. De- yes. I was like, who the fuck is that guy? Um, but yeah, it's we go into this rose ceremony and it seems like Katie's like, I know what I'm going to do. And then immediately she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, she pulls this really bizarre move that I also think is like kind of cruel where she holds a rose, calls a dude's name, and then is like, actually, no, I'm not going to give you this rose. Hunter, let's talk. Like she did this with Thomas. I thought it was cruel even then. I didn't think Thomas That's had what I clearly mean. done anything bad enough no. to merit it. I agree. I hate this move. I don't think, I, I think Katie thinks it's like, haha, gotcha. I'm a strong woman. And it like mm. doesn't play well. I think production Production's is very into They were it. probably like, that was so cool when you did it with Thomas. Let's do it again with Hunter. Um, but she didn't maybe want to humiliate Hunter the same way. So she's like, let's go talk. And she takes the rose with her outside, leaving all the men to be like, so is Hunter getting a rose? 
And then she sits down with Hunter and is like, anyway, about our conversation the other day, I still don't know what to think. And he's like, well, I really like you. Like the guys said some things, but the truth is that I'm genuinely really into you and it's all been real. And Katie's like, I don't know. I just wanted to talk to you. But yeah, I don't know. Which, like, again, she had no, like, plan coming into this, I feel like. She didn't know what needed to be said or what she would have accepted from him, if anything. She didn't have there any specific There was no purpose questions. to this conversation. And frankly, like, there was no reason for it to happen. Yeah. And so Hunter returns roseless. She doesn't send him home at this point, but she doesn't give him the rose. Katie says, you know, I just need some clarity, which, by the way, she did not get in any way that we can see. And she begins handing out the roses to Blake, Andrew, Greg, Michael A., Mike P., and Brendan, which means going home are Hunter, James, Trey, and Aaron. Basically anyone that ever narked. In that way, it feels like very, like, so Katie's season and Katie's approach is super different than a lot of like leads on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, which is just like any whiff of drama and you're out. But in this way, she's like very true to form, which is like, but also the person who sort of like brings it to my attention is also out. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah, like you'll last for a while, but eventually like, like every season, if you involve yourself in too much narking, like, you will ultimately frankly, go Frankly, I don't want Aaron and Trey coming to me and being like, Blake is a shady dude. Like, I yeah. don't want to deal with that. <laughs> well, and also, like, it does set up, like, a really weird dynamic, which is, like, if you carry that logic to its sort of conclusion, to its natural conclusion, it just means all you have to do is, like, rat out or kind of shit talk other dudes right. on the show, and then you make it to hometowns, and then you make it to the final, right? Like, yeah. if you sort of tease that all the way out, like, that's how that would go. So I also, like, I can sort of understand it and, like, meh. Um, I also feel, like, personally a little salty because I really enjoyed Trey. I like, love <laughs> Trey. And yeah. also, we didn't need Brendan. Like, Brendan doesn't even belong in this group. I'm like, why? Um, yeah, I think Trey knows what he did, basically. He does. He does. He's like, I made some mistakes getting involved in the drama. Like, I was just trying to help and do what she asked. But in retrospect, maybe I should have used, like, any of my time with her to build our actual knowledge base about each other or to develop a rapport instead of using it to to snitch on the other guys even though I thought that's what she wanted like maybe I should have taken another route he Um, has such a sweet exit when he says like mom and dad I'm the same kid you raised I grew a little bit got hurt it's been a meaningful journey I was like oh Trey I love you I love your animal print blazer it's just like what a plus all around it's yeah (laughs) they toast and katie says i see something in all of you but it's only going to get harder and i'm just like katie don't see anything in brendan but you had to (laughs) keep one more person around she sees something on him which is his hair his hair which is like a little (laughs) flag that's like notice me notice me pick me i think that's honestly i think that's what happened here a whole lot was made this episode about Hunter's top four list. We're now down to what is are we down to six? How many how many dudes do we have left? Seven. So I'm curious about for you two, do you have any gimmies for your like not you don't have to do the full top four, but I'm like, who do you think is going to <laughs> Oh hometowns? no, I actually feel like fairly certain about what's gonna happen. <laughs> I think that she's going to next eliminate 
like Brendan, duh, mm. and Mike. Mm. Uh, and then I think that Michael is going to self-eliminate because we saw some of the stuff teased where, like, clearly someone leaves and his kid is, like, literally telling him, like, I don't think daddy wants to see me. Mm. And I just think, like, Michael's going to fall apart and be like, this is too much. I got to go home to my child. I have to say, if my son told me on a phone call that he didn't think I wanted to see him, I would be gone in like an hour and a half. I would be like, just enough time to pack my bag and and let them know where I'm going and get my passport back. And like, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the other one that feels like a gimme to me is like, Blake's definitely making it to hometowns. If he doesn't, if there are no big bombshells at hometowns, then he's final two, as far as I can tell. Oh, definitely final two. Yeah. <sighs> we'll just have to watch and Gosh, see. I know. Delightful. <laughs> can you keep up? I like love and now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. First for Love to See It, uh, one of our top moments this episode was Michael A's just sheer pure enthusiasm for the drag date his desire to just go all the way i wish that we had seen that carried through i wish these guys had been pushed a little bit more past their comfort zone but just that moment of of joy and happiness for michael a was wonderful we also really loved in in the credit sequence when we got a little clip of katie uh and Shea Coulee and Monet Exchange, you know, just having some tequila, some tea. And uh, they really are well-versed in Bachelor Nation lore because they bring up Stagecoach as a prime place to hook up with Bachelor Nation men. And I just really appreciated that commitment to detail. Me too. Uh, And finally, for love to see it, the friendships. I mean— Oh, the men supporting each other during Connor's untimely exit. There's so much just physical affection, emotion, the tears, the kisses. Um, there's just something so beautiful about the the comfort with showing emotion and affection towards your friends that we don't we don't see enough between men in pop culture and especially on the show. And it made us so happy. Oh, we truly love to see it. And now for Hate to See It. First, we just want to flag, like, the eagerness in in perhaps the past two episodes to trash Hunter's looks and his height. Like, Aaron said he looked like a guy from a circus. You know, Hunter's height is mocked multiple times. Trey calls him an angry beaver. Like, eh, we just don't love it. And we just want to thank our our astute listener, Elon, who wrote to us about this um, calling out this trend in the last couple episodes. And we forgot to mention last week the way that that Aaron called Hunter a guy from a circus, but it was pretty gross. So thank you for, for calling that out. Uh, and lastly, I uh, hate to see Katie's millionth exhausted attempt to investigate some vague bullshit accusations brought to her by the men. Like, just like let this woman rest. She wants to hang up her gun and badge. She wants to retire so she can learn watercolors or like read a stack of romance novels. Let her have this. Just retire the right reasons. Bullshit forever. We all are tired. We are all Katie's. Just let <laughs> us live. And now the sex positivity rating for this episode. I mean, this was I don't a, even know. A questionable one. 
I don't even know what the masturbation thing merits. Like, because they didn't actually say it. masturbation. <laughs> First of all, yeah, they're they're very uncomfortable about actually saying what they're talking about, except through heavy euphemism and giggling, which betrays a lot of, uh, I think, uh, just like shame or discomfort still hanging around the concept. I also don't super love the the light coercion element of springing this on all of the guys who did not ask to participate in some sort of dom-sub dynamic per se. At the same time, like, this is the most I've seen masturbation discussed on a primetime show in, in quite a while. I mean, so. everyone does it. It's totally normal. So, yeah, that part we're down with. So I guess we'll call this, like, a 6.57? <laughs> yeah, let's call it a 6.5. <laughs> And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our guest, Aubrey Gordon. Check out her book, What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat, and follow her wonderful podcast, Maintenance Phase, wherever you listen to podcasts. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Harry Huggins. This week, we're saying goodbye to our longtime editor, Sarah Patterson. We're so excited to follow all of your upcoming projects with Digiday. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please, please, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And more importantly, tell all of your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. Help us get the word out about our new name. It really, really helps us. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and on Instagram at claireandemmapod. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at emmaladyrose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week for week seven of Katie's Journey to Find Love. Stitcher. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts.